Therapeutic and interviewing skills. A communication overview. Open lines of communication between nurse and patient are essential to the patient is able to express any emergent needs or problems. The patient remains the focus of therapeutic communication. When you plan to have lengthy interactions with a patient, it is important to address physical care priorities so the discussion is not interrupted. Make the patient comfortable by ensuring that any symptoms are under control and any elimination needs have been met. Effective oral communication requires appropriate intonation, clear and concise phrasing, proper pacing of statements, and proper timing and relevance of a message. Nurses strengthen helping relationships by establishing trust, empathy, autonomy, confidentiality, and professional competence. Therapeutic communication techniques are specific responses that encourage the expression of feelings and ideas and convey acceptance and respect. Therapeutic relationships and achievement of desired patient outcomes are facilitated by following skills. Active listening. Be attentive to what the patient is saying both verbally and non-verbally. Some effective communicators suggest it is important to remember that we have two ears and one mouth and we should use them in that ratio, two to one. Several nonverbal skills facilitate attentive listening. Townsend suggests that following guidelines for therapeutic listening. Sit facing the patient. Open posture, keeping the arms and legs uncrossed. Lean towards the patient to convey that you are involved and interested in the interaction. Establish and maintain eye contact to convey involvement and willingness to listen. Relax. This conveys a feeling of interest in and comfort with the patient. Sharing observation. Avoid making assumptions and drawing unnecessary conclusions about other persons without validating them. Do comment on how the other person looks, sounds, or acts. Avoid stating observations that will embarrass or anger the patient because this can lead to resentment. Therapeutic examples include, you look sad, you seem different today, or I see you haven't eaten your breakfast. Sharing empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand and accept another person's reality, to accurately perceive feeling, and to communicate this understanding to the other. Statements reflecting empathy are highly effective because they tell the patient that the nurse hears the feeling content as well as the factual content of communication. Example, the nurse says to an angry patient who has low mobility after a motor vehicle accident, it must be very frustrating to want to be more active and not be able to do so. Sharing hope. Appropriate encouragement and positive feedback are important in fostering hope and self-confidence and for helping people achieve their potential and reach their goals. You can reassure patients that there are many kinds of hope and that meaning and personal growth can come from the illness experience. Example, the nurse says to a patient discouraged about a poor prognosis, I believe you will find a way to face your situation because I have seen your courage and creativity in the past. Sharing humor. Humor is an important but underused resource in nursing interactions that it can improve the patient's self-esteem and make the nurse seem more approachable. The nurse's goal in using humor is to bring hope and joy in the situation and enhance the patient's well-being in the therapeutic relationship. However, humor must be used carefully when communicating with patients under stress. Sharing feelings. Feelings are not right, 
wrong, good, or bad, although they are pleasant or unpleasant. In some cultures, if people do not express feelings, stress may increase and illness will worsen. It is appropriate to share feelings of caring or even cry with others as long as the nurse is in control of the expression of those feelings and does so in a way that does not burden the patient or break confidentiality. A social support system of colleagues is helpful. Employee assistant programs, peer group meetings, and the use of interdisciplinary teams, including social work and pastoral care, can provide means for nurses to safely express feelings away from patients. Using touch. Touch can bring the sense of caring and human connection to the patient. Comfort touch, such as holding a hand, is especially important for vulnerable patients who are experiencing severe illness with its accompanying physical and emotional losses. Touch can increase a sense of safety, increase self-confidence, and can, can decrease anxiety. Nurses need to be sensitive to others' reaction to touch and use it wisely. Touch should be as gentle or as firm as needed and delivered in a comforting, non-threatening manner. However, there are times when you should withhold touch, for example, with highly suspicious and angry persons who might respond negatively or even violently to a nurse's touch. Using silence. Silence allows the patient to think and gain insight. In general, allow the patient to break the silence, particularly when the patient has initiated it. Silence is especially therapeutic during times of profound sadness or grief. It also allows the nurse to observe nonverbal messages and demonstrate the nurse's patience and willingness to wait for a response when the other person is unable to reply quickly. Providing information. It is usually not helpful to hide information from patients, particularly when they seek it. If a physician withholds information, the nurse needs to clarify the reason with the physician. Patients have a right to know about their health status and what is happening in their environment. Distressing information needs to be communicated with sensitivity at a pace appropriate to what the patient can absorb and in general terms at first. Example, Mrs. Burgess, your heart sounds have changed from earlier today and so has your blood pressure. I will let your doctor know. Clarifying. During a conversation, either party may need to assess accurate understanding of a statement or restate an unclear or ambiguous message to make the meaning clear. For example, the nurse asks the patient to rephrase what he or she just said. Example further or give an example of what the patient means. Sometimes you will not understand the patient's message and need to let the patient know this is the case. Example, I am not sure I understand what you mean by having a bad day. What is different now? Focusing. The nurse uses focusing to guide the direction of the conversation to important areas. This is a useful technique when the conversation is vague or rambling or a patient begins to repeat him or herself. Example, we've talked a lot about your dizzy spells, but let's look more closely at the timeline for the last two dizzy episodes. Paraphrasing. Restate the patient's message more briefly using your own words to let the patient know that you are actively involved in the search for understanding. For example, a patient says, I've been a smoker all my life and never had any problems. I can't understand why I need to stop now. Example, you are not convinced you need to stop smoking because you've stayed healthy? Asking relevant questions. Focused questions are used when you need more specific information for decision making. Remember to ask only one question at a time and fully explore one topic before moving on to another. Use open-ended questions to allow the patient to take the lead and introduce pertinent information about a topic. Example, what's your biggest problem at the moment? How has your pain affected your life at home? A useful exercise is to try conversing without asking the other person a single question. Instead, use general lead-ins such as, tell me about it making observations, paraphrasing, focus, and providing information. Summarizing. 
A concise review of key aspects of a conversation aids recall, brings a sense of satisfaction and closure to an individual conversation, and is especially helpful during the termination phase of a nurse-patient relationship. It clarifies expectation and shows the patient that the nurse has analyzed communication. Example, you've told me a lot of things about why you don't like this town and how unhappy you have been. You've also come up with possible ways to make things better, and you've agreed to try some and let me know if any of them help. Self-disclosure. Self-disclosure needs to be relevant and appropriate and made to benefit the patient rather than the nurse. Use it sparingly so the patient is the focus of the interaction. Example, I stopped smoking with the help of a counselor and it was still very difficult. What are your thoughts about seeing a counselor? Confrontation. This approach is used when the patient's words differ from what his or her body language is saying. Share your observations only after you have established trust and do it gently with sensitivity to help the patient become more aware of their inconsistencies with their feelings, attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors. Non-therapeutic communication techniques. Try to avoid the following communication techniques to allow for therapeutic communication. Achievement of desired patient outcomes is hindered or blocked by these forms of communication. Asking personal questions. Avoid nosy, invasive, and unnecessary questions that are not relevant to the situation but simply serve to satisfy the nurse's curiosity. Remember to ask open-ended questions rather than why questions. Giving personal opinions. At times, patient needs suggestions and help to make choices. However, the patient, not the nurse, must make the decision. Offer your suggestions as options and remember that the problem and its solution belong to the patient, not the nurse. Changing the subject. This approach tends to block further communication so the patient withholds important information or fails to openly express feelings. In some instances, changing the subject serves to save face. If the nurse or patient changes the subject, reassure the patient that you will return to his or her concerns at a more private time. Automatic responses. Making stereotyped remarks about others reflects poor nursing judgment and threatens nurse-patient and team relationship. Avoid cliché cliches or stereotyped comments such as you can't win them all, older adults are often confused, or administration does not care about staff. Remember to focus on the patient's comments to appear approachable and caring. False reassurance. Although the nurse who uses this communication technique is trying to be kind, offering reassurance not supported by facts or based in reality will do more harm than good. False reassurance tends to block conversation and discourage further expression of feelings. Sympathy. Their nurse's own emotional issues can prevent effective problem solving and impair good judgment when the nurse over-identifies with the patient. Nurse objectivity is lost and the nurse is not able to help the patient work through the situation. Use empathy rather than sympathy. Example of sympathy. I'm so sorry about. A more empathetic approach. The loss of blank is a major change. How do you think it will affect your life? Asking for explanation. Avoid the use of why questions. Patients tend to see this technique as a way to accuse or test them when the nurse already knows the answer. This approach can foster resentment, insecurity, and mistrust. In the place of why questions, use therapeutic techniques such as asking open-ended questions or sharing observations. Approval or disapproval. Judgmental responses by the nurse often contain terms such as should, ought, good, bad, right, or wrong. Agreeing or disagreeing tends sends the subtle message that you have the right to make value judgments about patient decisions. Defensive responses. The patient's concerns are ignored when the nurse focuses on the need for self-defense or the defense of others. Attempt to listen uncritically and avoid defensiveness to diffuse the anger and to uncover deeper concerns. Passive or aggressive responsive. 
Passive responses serve to avoid conflict or sidestep issues. Aggressive responses provoke confrontation at the other person's expense and reflect feelings of anger, frustration, resentment, and stress. Avoid triangulation, which is complaining to a third party rather than confronting the problem or expressing concerns directly to the source. Assertive communication is a far more professional approach for the nurse to take. Arguing. Challenging or arguing against perception denies that they are real and valid to the patient. The therapeutic nurse gives information or prevents reality in a way that avoids argument. Interviewing skills. A helping relationship between nurse and patient does not just happen. The nurse creates it with care, skill, and trust. A natural progression of four goal-directed phases characterizes the nurse-patient relationship. These phases are the pre-interaction phase. In this phase, the nurse prepares for the first face-to-face meeting with the patient. The nurse reviews the medical and nursing history and talks to other caregivers who have information about the patient, which allows the nurse to anticipate health concerns or issues that may arise. Orientation phase. This phase sets the tone for the relationship when the nurse and the patient meet and get to know one another. The nurse and patient observe one another. The nurse assesses the patient's health status, prioritizes the patient's problems, and identifies the patient's goals. The nurse forms contracts with the patients that specify who will do what and lets the patient know when to expect the relationship to be terminated. Working phase. In this phase, the nurse and patient work together to solve problems and accomplish goals. The nurse and patient take actions to meet the goals. The nurse encourages and helps the patient to express feelings about his or her health, provides information the patient needs to understand and change behavior, and uses appropriate self-disclosure and confrontation. Termination phase. This is the ending of the relationship and occurs most therapeutically by reminding the patient that termination is near. Evaluate goal achievement with the patient and separate from the patient by relinquishing responsibility for his or her care. Achieve a smooth transition to other caregivers for the patient as needed. Professional communication and barriers to communication. In the healthcare setting, communication is necessary and integral to the delivery of of safe patient care. Effective communication can lead to positive outcomes because of better information flow, more effective interventions, enhanced safety, improved employee morale, increased patient and family satisfaction, adherence to treatment, improved treatment outcomes, and decreased lengths of stay. Professional communication involves multiple interfaces and patient handoffs among numerous healthcare practitioners at varying levels of educational preparation and collaboration with other disciplines in the provision of care. Safe and effective clinical practice involves many situations in which vital information must be communicated accurately. When healthcare professionals do not communicate effectively, patient safety may be compromised. Barriers to interprofessional communication between healthcare providers include the complexity of care, concerns about clinical responsibility and role confusion, concerns of diluted professional identity, culture, differences in accountability, payment, and rewards, differences in personality, disruptive behavior, emphasis on rapid decision-making, gender, generational differences, perceived hierarchy, historical interprofessional and intraprofessional rivalries, language and jargon differences can prevent precise meaning of care needs, personal expectations and values, differences in schedules and professional routines, varying levels of education, preparation, qualifications, and status, differences in requirements, regulation, and norms of professional education and licensure. Resolving encounters with difficult people or situations. 
address the behavior in private, away from patients and families, away from patient care areas. It may be beneficial to have a neutral party present when you have this interaction. Describe the issue, conflict, or behavior. Remain calm. Use I statements. Describe the effects of words or actions. If the issue remains unresolved, use appropriate chain of command to address concerns. Nursing chain of command, family services chain of command, medical staff office chain of command, the ner state nurses association. Communication barriers between the patient and the healthcare provider. There are physical barriers. The space between participants, characteristics of the room, such as acoustics, arrangements of the furniture, audiovisual equipment, lighting, temperature, the noise level, sensory impairments, such as hearing, speech, or vision deficits, accents or dialects, effects of medications, diseases, or treatments, language and vocabulary, fluency in the same language as patients, and medical terminology. Psychosocial barriers, developmental age or stage, regression may occur with stress or illness, low literacy levels or difficulty reading healthcare information, healthcare provider must recognize that sensory input level of the patient, risk factor for the patient not comprehending information and resuming poor health patterns, patient with low health literacy are more likely to have increased hospitalization, higher healthcare costs, medication non-compliance, depression, and diabetic complications. Provide the patient with non-medical terminology, pictures, and diagrams whenever possible. The patient's state, emotional state, preconceived ideas about the role of the caregiver related to the disease or the diagnosis, their previous experiences within the healthcare system with persons with a similar diagnosis or needs, their personal or societal beliefs, the impact of their values, morals, or judgment, body language, eye contact, facial expressions, touch, tone of voice, and nods of the head. Transfer of care. Communication must occur between healthcare providers, whether the transfer of care is temporary or permanent. Both oral and written communication are an important element that must be documented in the medical record. Information shared should be concise but complete. SBAR is a good method and a standardized structure for concise factual communication. S is the situation. B is the background. A is the assessment. R is the recommendation. Include any care issues, tests, and results that are in process or pending. Information may be oral or written. The opportunity to clarify information and ask or answer questions is essential to this process. SBAR should be used for any situation where the patient's information is communicated between members of the healthcare system.